Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram, follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of our Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry focused on the good works that moms do, our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March, and of course, this podcast, The Unshaken Podcast. There is so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directories. It helps us out and it helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas or suggestions or thoughts about episodes, or maybe you just want to tell me about an episode and how it impacted you. Uh, Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women and our goal is to encourage challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. All right, well, welcome to today's episode. This is our sixth installment of Feminology. We've spent the past five months talking about two specific aspects of being a woman. Well, we talked about how we are made in God's image and how we can and actually are called to be strong and what that looks like. We spend some time looking at some of the foundational principles and how those roles have become, well, honestly pretty messed up because of sin. So today we're gonna focus on the trait of being strong, which we started last two episodes. Um, Today we're gonna talk more about this. Uh, We're gonna talk a little bit about how it is viewed in our culture and how the topic has been marred and morphed because the world wants to change the real meaning of how it is to be a strong woman uh, to fit what is happening in our culture. I heard a quote a long time ago that said, we should always view our culture through the Bible, not the Bible through our culture. I know I've said that multiple times on the podcast, (laughs) but I do think it is really good to remember. So we are gonna pause and take a look at our culture and how being a woman, a strong woman, maybe has changed over the course of time. Before I do that, I want to introduce you to my guest, Aaliyah Bailey. She's here again with us this month. I'm glad you're here with us, Aaliyah. I'm glad to be here too. This is a really important topic. Hey, did you bring anybody with you today? I did. I have my two-month-old. Oh, that's super fun. So if you hear some little noises. Hiccups and things. Yes, you'll know what this is. This is um, Melina down there. She's a sweetie. So I want to start because we are just in the middle of our episodes that we're doing on contentment. And one of the things um, that we've done is we've talked about the book Learning Contentment every week. I've talked with Erica Simpson, and we've talked about one of the uh, ways to counterbalance discontentment is to be thankful. And that it's a practice that we as women should do. So now that's not our topic today, but I think it's a good thing to do. So Aaliyah, what is something you are thankful for right now in your life? I am really grateful for the changing of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I kind of view the changing of the seasons like um, like a new year, mm-hmm. a fresh start. Look at the last season. What did I not get the chance to do or what do I want to do um, this summer that I didn't do last summer or didn't right. do this past spring? So you're going to make a bucket list? That's right. I love I love changing seasons. That's great. I, I agree with you 100%. I am so thankful right now for summer. 
And I'm really thankful for this porch swing I bought. Well, I didn't buy it. I got it for Mother's Day a year ago. And we didn't get it up until right before the was like time to close everything down for the fall. And then I remember we hung it up for like two weeks and then we took it down and put it away. So we just got it out. Fun here, thing. Yeah. And here in Northwest Ohio right now, we're seeing beautiful weather, gorgeous sunny days and temps in the 70s and 80s and just a little breeze. And it makes sitting on that swing one of my favorite things to do and one of my favorite places to be. So it is good to be thankful, right? It is. Yeah. Something we should practice every day. Um, okay, let's start today. We're going to talk about being strong. And I recently read an article um, from that was about being strong. So here's the article. In Lawrenceville, Georgia, in eight, 1982, a middle-aged woman and a grandmother, Angelina Cavallo, was doing her thing on a Friday afternoon. Her teenager, Tony, a junior in high school, was in the driveway tinkering with his 64 Chevy Impala. I have to say, my brothers both had Chevy Impalas. Oh, that really? must have been the thing in the 70s to have, for example, um, or in the late 80s. Everything was going okay until she heard a sickening crash outside. She ran outside to see what it was, and she saw her teenage child lying unconscious under this car. Hmm. It had just fallen on top of him. Somehow, somewhere, out of something, she summoned the strength of 10 men, and she lifted that car four inches off the ground, enough to be able to drag her son to safety. Wow. Now, she couldn't rouse him from his unconscious state, and so a neighbor, actually an 11-year-old boy, ran to grab help from others. Her son is rushed to the hospital and miraculously, got, doctors find no brain injuries, and he's released back to her loving but absolutely freaked out arms. <laughs> I mean, I would be a little freaked out too. Yes. That sounds a little bit made up, like it's from some movie or TV show, right? Um, that everything gets solved in 30 minutes. But it's actually 100% true. Angeline, Angela Cavallo experienced a rare but fascinating phenomenon called hysterical strength. And actually, the science behind it is pretty mind-boggling. Um, it's something that happens like adrenaline when we are facing something huge or a big issue. All of a sudden, we have strength to do things that are kind of things we would never normally do. Um, it's a pretty crazy strength. Have you ever had to do anything, Aliyah, that was super hard or required that kind of physical strength? I don't know about that kind of physical strength, but I have had six babies at this point, and God has been super gracious to me with each of those deliveries, but childbirth is definitely hard. Yes, I, I have also had six, and I have to say, God bless all the moms with twins or triplets. Yes. Because when I get done, I'm like, okay, good. But when you are having a twin... There's another. Yes. <laughs> That takes some superhuman strength, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, when I was a teenager, too, I worked alongside of my dad in our greenhouse, and we moved all these flats around in small bushes, uh, uh, and it was heavy work. I mean, it really was. I know I've referenced before that I'm sturdy, and I am, but I never had to do anything with that superhuman strength. Me neither. I've definitely never never done anything like lift a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Me either. Have you... Um, ever had to have super emotional strength though because I think that's something women might have to deal with differently. Sure. Um, so I don't know if it was super emotional strength or not but last summer my family and I were down in the Smoky Mountains on a trip and my husband and I liked to go hiking with our kids and we were about two and a half miles into a hike to a waterfall. That's fun. Uh, it was going to be fun. We could hear the waterfall. We were so close. Um, when my well, she had just turned four that week. My four-year-old daughter fell off of a bridge Ooh. into kind of a rocky creek. Um, she, the way she fell, I watched her, was kind of head first, and my husband was up ahead a little bit, so I yelled for him, and I ran down into the water. She was not unconscious or anything, but I was able to grab her up out of the water, 
and she had a pretty nasty um, head injury, kind mm. of the the you know the length of her forehead or the uh, as long as her forehead like is tall, two or yeah. three inches. Sure, yeah, yep, length. about that. Yes. Okay, but wait a minute, you were two and a half miles in. Right, in, without any cell phone coverage. Um, oh. And so, you know, my husband and I were not medical. I didn't know what I was looking at. And I, I feel my own forehead. It doesn't feel like there's much in between your skin and your bone, but it looked way too deep. And so um, my husband quickly grabbed her. We tried to kind of tie a shirt around her forehead because head wounds, no matter what they, they are, they bleed, bleed a lot. Yeah. Um, we kind of tried to grab a shirt and tie it around her head. And he took her and started going as fast as he could up toward the trailhead because we just wow. knew we needed some kind of help. Um, I had my one and a half year old on my back in kind of a backpack carrier, and my five year old, and my seven year old, and um, my oldest son had gone ahead with with our with my husband, and that two and a half mile walk back, my kids were exhausted. My five year old was oh. absolutely hysterical, just sobbing and sobbing. He was very tired. Um, I was tired. I was a couple months pregnant, and oh, people, wow. as I you know, it was it was. There were a fair number of people on the trail, and as I would pass them, they would stand aside and look at me with such pity. I had no idea what was going on ahead of me, you know? Right. And so they would say things like, I'm so sorry. They and, can tell this was you. You were connected. Well, yes, they could clearly tell. I think the f crying five-year-old and the whole scene, <laughs> they must have been able to tell. I don't know how, but I didn't have any, you know, I think that the unknown is always scarier than knowing. Yes. And so at the time, I knew, I didn't know how she was, what she was doing if she was awake. Right. I knew people looked at me with a whole ton of pity, yeah. and I didn't want to assume the worst, but I knew that God was with us. Mm. I was just so sure of it, and that allowed me to be strong when otherwise I think I would have been kind of like my five-year-old, kind of a mess. Yeah, you yeah. Know? well, it would be easy to be a mess Yeah, it in would be. a situation like that. That has to be God's help and strength. And it was. I was just so sure, just like I, you're with me here. I yeah. knew that God was with us. Yeah. Um, uh, my my situation that I had that was hard was not the same as that. Yours sounds like it was an intense few minutes, yes. really, of like, ooh, okay, maybe yes. not a few minutes. That was two and a half hours, it was, two it and a half miles yes. back. That's not a few minutes. But definitely condensed, yeah. you know, until I could see her and know intense, what was going on. Yeah. And then once yeah. you got there, you got help, right. I'm assuming. It yep. got, I mean, it's still a process. But yes. Yeah. Uh, mine was different. The, the Probably the thing with the most emotional strength I had was watching my dad be very, very sick in the mm -hmm. last days of his life. And I think what was really hard about that was I felt pulled to about seven different things. You know, like my dad was sick and he was about, you know, 35, 40 minutes away from my house. I was trying to get there to see him. And I was eight months pregnant and I was homeschooling. I just felt survival. Hmm. It's a different kind of survival, but I think we as women always have something in our life at different points that it's like we just are surviving. Yes. You know, making it through, which is good. And I remember those days and I remember... For, I would never have thought of this, but I think the Lord put this in my mind, that this is just a time period. Like, do all you can to spend time with your dad, and I'll take care of the kids. I mean, I'm not going to leave them home thinking right. God's going to take care of them in the house alone, but um, just, you know, it's okay. Put these other things aside, and I think that was helpful, and I don't, no one told me that. I do think God just gave me the strength to say, I'm just going to put this stuff aside right now yeah. and go see him, and within six weeks, he was gone. Wow. So I'm glad I did that. It was something I do not regret at all. Right. Strength is hard. Today, we're going to finish our conversation about strength of women. So, Aaliyah, let's, let's do some review. What are some important points from the last two episodes in this series? Okay, so we talked about the fact that God is strong and that he gives us as women strength so that we can be strong too. And a spiritually strong woman 
isn't taken captive by lies or by flattery. Oh, right. She's victorious over sin. She resists impulses. She knows the truth. And she's able to bear difficult things in a way that honors God. Mm. Um, we also talked about the fact that God has given men and women different roles, and women need strength to live out their roles in a godly way. There's real strength in being a godly helper and mm -hmm. being a nurturer and in submitting to our husbands and others that God has placed over us. Okay, that's a great summary. You should write a book. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're going to focus on how the world specifically views strength and women and how we should be thinking right about it. Because sometimes if we're paying attention to the world, we start getting wrong ideas in our head. So let's start with talking about what does the world say about strength? What does it even say strength is? Okay, so I, I think that the world's basic definition of strength would be fairly similar to our definition, the ability to do hard things, right? To bear yeah. something difficult. The thing is that in the world's view, the strength of a woman is the same, and has to be the same, as the strength of a man. So the world cheers when a woman achieves something that would be difficult even for a strong man, because apparently that somehow shows real strength. They might word it a little differently, but the reality is that strength in the world's eyes is being able to do something that men also do. So strength mm. is masculine then. Mm. There isn't such a thing as feminine strength. There's no difference between the two, masculine and feminine strength, according to the world. Mm. Okay, that's so interesting, Aaliyah, um, how you showed us that, you know, the world kind of wants us all to fit into this one box under masculine strength, rather than looking at maybe we have different ways to play it out. So right. um, how does the world expect women to live under this definition? Like, like, what would a woman do? So for a woman to be strong in the world, she really has to have that same thought that Mia Hamm expressed in those 90s commercials that I talked about in our first episode. The soccer player Mia Hamm would say in those commercials, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Mm. So women are expected to live with the goal of breaking the glass ceiling right. and climbing the corporate ladder, all in their own strength. Yeah, and often it's interesting how I'm not sure that we ever get to that glass ceiling anyway. No. <laughs> like, I mean, I know many women who work, 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 work and try to get there and it there's just that's not even really possible. There's always something more. Yeah. So what really is wrong with this view, with the with the world's view of strength? Okay, so for one, I would say it's wrong because they the world would say that for a woman to be truly strong, they have to be strong in and of themselves. Oh. Right? But that isn't what the Bible teaches. As Christian women, women, if we want to be strong, we have to be dependent, actually. Mm. We need. Real strength comes from God, and the women who depend on God is, are stronger than the women who think that they are strong all by themselves. Mm. So God is strong, and He is a source of real strength. So strong women look to God, but in the world's eyes, women look to themselves to be strong. Very interesting to look at both sides of that coin. Hmm. Right. Wow. I would also say, though, that the world kind of tries to demean the women who have lived out the roles that God gave men and women. So the world's view of strength says that the work that women have been doing as helpers and nurturers all throughout history is actually less than the work that men have been doing. So the world paints a picture of women everywhere being stuck or enslaved somehow mm. to domesticity, right? right? This is kind of the argument yep. behind feminism. I think, though, if we went back a couple hundred years ago, and told a strong woman who was really running her household well that she should be liberated from this silly kind of narrow work, I think that she would be insulted. Yeah. I, I think that she would have seen the importance of her work. The world needed those women, and it still needs those women. Yeah. 
but the world assumes that those women didn't value their work because our culture today doesn't value it. So the world says that true strength is being a five-star general or a vice president at a Fortune 500 company. Right. But a woman needs strength to run a household well. She needs strength to be a nurturer and a helper, not to mention intelligence and endurance, et cetera, et cetera. Yet the world would say that the work of helping and nurturing isn't good enough to satisfy women. It's somehow not important enough. Uh, so interesting. Um, I've been subbing and we've been studying in the class that I've been subbing about the um, ancient people, the Incans, the yeah. group of Inca pe people that are called the Incas. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta yeah. get that right. <laughs> anyway, and one thing that the kids were writing down, they had these little paperworks they were doing and they were reading was that they, the people that were called the Inca, always thought through and appreciated the complementary roles in gender. Hmm. And then it went on to say that they just valued, now they were a very poor group of people. They were sure. sinners because they did human sacrifice. But they saw the value of women doing their job and doing it well and men doing their job and doing it well. Yeah. It's just interesting. That's exactly what you were saying, that there was good It's actually needed. Yeah. Splitting up the work right. is you, needed. Yeah, that's good. And it actually makes us all stronger. You know, yes. you see that in society. So the modern world though, world, though, would say that there is something more valuable or something more worthwhile in masculine strength. They aren't actually just saying that women should be free to live out whatever roles they choose, but really that the masculine roles are the better course. Mm. The world would ask why you would ever have children in your 20s when you could use those years to advance in your career. Right. And implicit in that question is the statement that the work of advancing in a career is actually better than, more worthwhile than, the work of raising children. Mm. Earlier I said that the other thing that's wrong with the world's view of strength is that it leaves dependency on God completely out of the picture, right? The strong woman isn't only constantly achieving in career and finances and notoriety, she's doing it all with strength that she somehow musters up within herself. Yeah, those are really, really good points because it's really not so much about the act of what we do, it's about where our heart is. We're going back to that. Are we, are we putting this in our own strength? And this is true for a woman who stays home all day long and cares for her children. If we are choosing to, in our own strength, care for our children or do the things around our house, but we're not relying on God, then we're actually living out our role wrongly too. Absolutely. And it's true that a woman can have a career yes. and depend on the Lord and not make that her identity as a strong woman. Yes. That she is achieving something in her career, right? Yeah. But if she looks to the Lord for her strength and seeks to honor him in each aspect of her life, she's a strong woman too. I'm not saying that a, a woman with a career is not a strong woman. Right. And and also, we're not going to do it perfectly because we're, we've talked about before on the podcast that we're all sinners and we're all faulty. We right. have faults. And so our goal though should be to strive. Exactly. What about the Bible? What does the Bible say? So the Bible says something very different than the world. We've talked about Proverbs 31 in um, both of our other episodes together on strength, but it's worth talking about again. The chapter describes a godly woman, and she is someone who clothes herself with strength. She's also very busy caring for her household. Right. As I read, as I read the chapter, it's just so clear that the woman described here has great faith in the Lord, and she has a ton of satisfaction in her work. She looks to God for success in the roles that he has given her, and she isn't just living out those roles because she doesn't have any other career options or something. Right. Right. <laughs> she, she isn't yearning to break the glass ceiling. Verse 30 describes her as a woman who fears God, and that's mm. the foundation of her strength. Yep. She needs God, and she knows it. Verse 18 says she senses that her gain is good, 
And verse 25 says, strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. This is a woman who is satisfied with the work that God has given her to do. She mm. knows it's important. The godly woman is strong and it's feminine strength, like this woman in Proverbs 31. She doesn't feel the need to show that she's strong next to the men or strong in and of herself. Instead, she's strong in the roles that God has given to her because she looks to him and relies on him for her strength. And she's a great compliment to the men who are strongly living out the roles that God has given to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Proverbs 31 is a great chapter to read through occasionally. Yeah. Like almost once a month. Make it something that we do as women because it has so many good little pieces in it that are good things to think about. You're right. There is so much packed into that, yeah, into those I mean, verses. We just touched on what, like four verses you mentioned right. and there's, I mean, it's, well, it's a chunk. It is. Right, yeah. a chunk of a whole passage. A few weeks ago, um, I was on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> and I saw this post that I thought was super great and fit in so well today. So, Leah, I'm going to read it. Okay. And maybe there's comments you might like to make, too. So, it's by a woman. It's really by a woman named Stephanie Keith. And so, I don't know this woman. Someone, like, reposted it. And then it got reposted again and got reposted again. You know sure. how Facebook is. Yes. But... I think it shows the dichotomy of what the world views as strength and what a woman should do versus what the Bible wants us to do. And the way that they view the same thing you're doing. So here we go. I'm not, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to read it. Okay, here we go. Work as a chef. Own a bakery. Way to go. Cook for your family. You poor kitchen slave. Um, work in fashion or own a clothing store. Slay, queen. I've never said that. Just on a side note, but okay. But here's the other side of that. Mend or make your family's clothes? Are you Amish? Like, isn't this interesting? It is. You can do the same same work, but in a different context with a different motivation. Yeah. And it's seen so differently. Um, here's another one. Teach 35 children in the classroom. Such a servant and a gem. And of course, that doesn't mean teachers are bad. No, they are servants. Yeah. Right. But teach your own child, you are a backwards weirdo. Right. And obviously that's not true either. That's actually a calling that God gives to some women. Right. Fold men's and children's clothing in a department store. Way to go earning your own money. Fold your husband's clothes, or in my case, roll his socks and put them in the drawer. You oppressed poor woman. Right. Wow. The assumption that you would never yeah. want to do that. You or, read a few, the... Aaliyah. Sure. Run a lunch truck. Support women businesses. <laughs> Hand your husband his lovingly packed lunch before he heads out the door. 1950s patriarchy. Wow. Getting paid to push papers isn't better than managing your home budget. Wiping down counters in your own shop isn't more valuable than quietly cleaning your own bathroom sink. Mm. Yeah, it says a paycheck doesn't equal worth. That's a really good point. It is. And that, again, doesn't mean that you can't earn a paycheck. It just means our worth is not found in... Really what we do, our worth is found in Christ. Our paycheck doesn't define whether yep. or not we're a strong woman. right? That's right. And we need to be doing all that we're doing for God's glory. And your work matters. She, she says a few things that I think are good. Your work matters. It is valuable. Um, it is important. It is God-honoring. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and study how to slice and dice, even if you only use those skills within your home. Yeah. I, I know that you have some skills, Aaliyah. Like, for example... Yeah. I think you're really good at doing work around your house, like laying flooring, for example. Is that I've a skill? Lear- I've, I've learned it. My, yeah. uh, I'm at home, and so I have the ability to learn things like yeah. that. It gives me the time and the freedom to do that, and so I, 
I figure you might as well try. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've used a few YouTube videos to learn how to make food. You can learn everything things. on YouTube. Yes, you can learn you how can. to fix appliances. So many yes. things. Yes, you're so right. But the point is, it doesn't mean we can't learn skills. It doesn't mean we can't do things that outside of the home or work. It means that we need to do what we do for God's glory. And we need to have the strength that God calls us to have in the role he gives us. Exactly. Okay, so since we're kind of talking about the world and, and, and the Bible... Um, let's talk a little bit about how we see this played out in the world and with famous women. Because yes. we, we've, I'm sure, looked at women from a distance. Maybe it's on, you know, YouTube or like we said, we're watching YouTube and, you know, someone's on there. So how does it look? So um, one story I thought of was back in March, there was a lot of talk in the media about a transgender, um, naturally born male who swims for the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, yes, I remember this. Do you? So Leah Thomas swims Division One in the Women's League despite being created as a man by God. So mm -hmm. he was born a man. Um, he's now swimming in this Women's League, right? And Leah won a national championship. So that's why um, Leah received so much news, yes. right? So some see Leah Thomas as displacing actual women, right? So mm -hmm. he, he won this championship that yeah. a woman could have won. Others, though, many... Celia Thomas as a hero who is teaching young trans people that you can be both who you are, you know, I say that with air quotes, yeah. who you say you are, and play the sports that you love. So transgender athletes are on this extreme example of the belief that men and women are interchangeable and that the strength of a woman and the strength of a man should really just be the same, yeah. right? That somehow this is a, a fair competition. And while I say that it's an extreme example, it's, it's really just where we're at yeah. as, as a culture and in our world. We, we can actually now just decide to not only try to live out the roles that God has given the other sex, but we can also actually say that we're going to live as that sex. Mm. Talk about a rejection of, of the truth that all strength we have is from God, and it's defined by God, and He made us to be strong right. women or strong men. The world has completely rejected the truth that all strength we have is from God, and He mm. defines what strength is. And that this kind of action is applauded by the world as a great mm -hmm. act of bravery. They've completely rejected the truth that God made man and woman, and He made them differently. It's rejected that God is a creator, is our creator, and He's the source of all strength. Yeah, right. That's interesting. That is really hot in the news right now, all yeah. over. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm guessing that the beauty of podcast is you might listen to this in 2024. Right. And I bet there'll be other things. I mean, we can see this all over. Yes. Whether it's this particular issue, it is always morphing and changing. Um, but let's let's go down to something that we're a little bit more familiar with because we, I don't really run into, I've never met Lee, this one man named Leah Thomas, right. you know? So I, I don't know, but how about how this affects in our lives, in our churches? So how do we see this played out in the churches? So like in the rest of the world, the church as a whole really is falling for the lie that men and women are interchangeable and should be interchangeable in their roles. It's true that God has given both men and women spiritual strength, but that doesn't mean that he has called men and women to use that strength in the same exact ways or in the same exact roles. Mm. Just like God has clearly called women to be mothers and men right. to be fathers, right? right? Scripture is clear that he has called men to certain roles in the church, like being fathers in the church, and women to other roles in the church, being mothers in the church. Right. Those roles aren't interchangeable. They, they are different. So in the church today, though, many men and women believe 
that women should be ordained as elders or pastors. Mm. The problem is that scripture gives really detailed, specific qualifications for these roles. And being a man is one of those qualifications. But that is really insulting to many women. You know, I, I know that this is, touches close to home for a lot of people. I have a relative who says she will not step foot in our church until there are women elders. Mm. A woman once very proudly told me that her church ordained her as an elder when she was 13 years old Whoa. because they, she said, really realized they needed the input of the teenage girls. Wow. The world says that if we really believe women are strong, we have to lift them up to the same exact leadership roles as men are in. Okay, so before you jump into any more about this, um, I just wanna stop and ask, where does it say that in the Bible? Because yeah, that's some, a great question. someone might be listening and they go, I don't remember reading that. And I remember one time speaking with someone about a topic and they said, just go read this book. And I went and read it and was like, whoa, it yeah. actually said that. So where? No, okay. that's a great question. So First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 verses 5 okay. through 9 give the specific qualifications for elders and deacons. Yeah. Um, they're the husband, specifically the husband of one wife. They, they are specifically listed as men. And those are two really straightforward passages. Um, but as you read the epistles and what Paul says um, to Timothy and Titus, those, those pastors about how to set up the church, it's actually talked about in more than one, yeah. more than just even those two places. But those are good places to start. We'll yes. put those in our show notes today because sometimes it's hard to really think about it if you aren't able to go back and check them out. Yeah, like, no, you're We don't right. want you to take our our thoughts for it or our No, opinion. yeah, go to Scripture. We want you to go to the Bible and read it. So, Yeah, that's a great a great uh, point. And as you read those passages and as you read the rest of the epistles, remember and you'll see that God's design for men and women really is beautiful. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. In the first three Feminology episodes, uh, Wendy and Sharon talked about women being made in God's image. It isn't at all as though God made women lesser or that he is subjecting us to unfair to an unfair life because he gave us different roles, right? He's right. not saying that women are lesser and so he's not going to allow them to these same leadership roles. Women throughout scripture are highly esteemed because they lived out their roles of nurturer and helper with great strength. Mm -hmm. So as you read the end of some of Paul's epistles, he praises God for the church's female helpers. Yeah, by read, name. By name. Yeah read the Gospels, and see how the women around Jesus were such a great source of help and how their desire to nurture and care for his physical needs caused them to be real stalwarts of faith, even in the face of his death. Mm. They were strong, and they didn't run in fear when Jesus was being tortured and killed. The women in the church who rely on God for the strength they need to give life and to help and to defer to their leaders are the ones who are truly strong. I want the strength of those women who stood by Christ, even as he was on the cross. Yeah. They didn't run in fear. And they also didn't vie to be the church's pastors in the book of Acts. They deferred to the men, but not out of weakness. In the world's economy, those women somehow didn't live to their full potential, right? But in God's economy, they are women of great faith and of great strength. Yeah, that might be something really good to do if you have time is to sit and kind of study some of the women of the Bible and check out how they lived out their roles. I mean, I think we, um, there's a many women in the Bible, but some of my favorites are, and how they had strength. I mean, if you think of Esther, we talked about her mm -hmm. in one of our episodes. We talked about Ruth, and there's so many other characters that did things in a way in the Bible that showed that they were trusting God in the role he'd put them in, in, in 
they had strength in what they were doing. That's a great idea. And what you see in each and every one of those women, I think of um, Mary, you see that they were so dependent on God. Yes. That is where their strength came from. They knew their need for the Lord and yeah. depended on him to give them strength. Yeah, that's a really good point that we can't forget because it's not us you know, conjuring up strength in ourselves exactly. to do the things that we think are good. It's us relying on God that makes us strong. Okay, so, you know, how does this topic, this idea, affect the roles that we've been given? We talked about some of them, nurturer, you know, being a life giver. Mm -hmm. How does this affect those things? Well, we have to be strong in the way that God designed women to be strong. So we shouldn't vie for the positions of the men around us in an attempt to show that women are actually just as strong as men. Mm. We can't fall for the lie that men and women are somehow interchangeable or should be interchangeable. We can and we should be strong as women. And I think it's really important to value also the strength that God has given to men. So yeah. we're not in competition with them, but right. we are grateful for them. And we're grateful for the strength that God gives to them and the strength that God gives to us as women. Yeah, that's interesting. It's um, I like the word that you keep using is that this phrase you've said is that men and women are not interchangeable. Right. I think that's really important to remember that God has made us unique and individual. And I love that word. That's a really good one because I think the world wants us to make them like interchangeable parts. Right. But it, You can swap them out yeah, and it won't make any difference. It doesn't matter. It's not how God designed it. Okay, so Aaliyah, the, the big question is, can a woman actually be strong and still love God and serve him? Absolutely. And I hope that we've really sufficiently made the point that a godly woman actually will be strong. Mm. Proverbs 31 is really specific about that. And in previous episode, we also talked about the weak women in 2 Timothy 3. Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, those women weren't being praised. They okay. should have been strong, but they weren't. But a woman who loves God will strive to joyfully live out the roles that God has placed her in with great strength. Mm, I love that. I love that it's it's not an either or. Right. Like we can serve God, we can love him, and we can still be strong. Exactly. In in the right situation, the right yes. plan. And we should be. God gives us the strength to do that. Yes, if we're relying on him. Right. Now, Aaliyah, sometimes my kids um, will read wrong things, like a science textbook at school that has something wrong in it. Or I will hear a news story with a very specific slant. And I often have to remind my kids or myself that we have to use discernment with things like this. Like, you know, take off your blinders and think about it, right? Ask yourself some questions and what's my favorite question? What's the Bible say about you that? You got it, yes. <laughs> Ask a wise person who you know has more knowledge or maybe a different group of knowledge than you, like a pastor or a, a ministry leader. So it brings me to a couple of questions. How can we discern the concepts of strength and womanhood? It seems like it's everywhere. Like. I wonder if we should just run to Instagram. Is that going to help us? You'll certainly find a lot of opinions and thoughts <laughs> on Instagram. Yes. But read the Bible. Just mm -hmm. take it at face value. Read it and read about the early church in the book of Acts and in the epistles and see the important roles that women played. Think about the really specific instructions that the Apostle Paul gave the pastors Timothy and Titus and about how they were to structure their churches don't just assume that the different roles that God gave men and women means unequal treatment mm. or unequal love because, just honestly, because we're always told that. It doesn't mean we should believe it just because that's what we hear. Yeah, that's like what I said about taking the blinders off, right? And, and thinking about it based on what the Bible says. That's a really good, good way to kind of end today um, because that's really the big important thing is to, you said it in two sentences, read the Bible and take it at face value. Yeah. Not try to go in and change how it is 
or pull out two or three verses and live on those. Or to make assumptions because of what we see in yes. culture. Yeah. All right, so to sum up what we've discussed, what are some of the take-home points? Okay, so some take-home points. The world tells us that to be a strong woman is to live just like a strong man. The world tells us that there isn't any difference between feminine strength and masculine strength. But that's not true. God made us and he defines who we are and what our purpose is. So value the strength that God gives to women and value the strength that God gives to men. Mm. Don't vie or be jealous for something that you weren't created for. Instead, women should work to excel in the roles that God has given to us. And recognize that while the world says strength is something from within us, the Bible says that real strength, true strength, comes from the Lord. And so to be strong, we have to be dependent on Him. Yeah, that's really good. I'm so thankful that you kind of summed it up that way. It's just a great reminder that we can't conjure up strength on our own. We can't live out strength in the wrong way. We really need to depend upon God in being strong. Yes. That's good. Thanks for sharing today on our feminology number six. It's so good to pause and ponder these topics. You know, our world is constantly changing and morphing and maybe even deliberately trying to sabotage the roles that we have as women. So it's really good to be aware of this and to fight it. So let me just end with that phrase I keep saying over and over and over. And I said at the beginning of the podcast, let's view our culture through the Bible, not view the Bible through our culture. Aliyah, thanks for sharing. It was great to have you on again. Thanks for having me again. And we will be jumping into a different portion of feminology starting June uh, in July, August, and September. Um, the first of each month again, we're going to be chit-chatting with a different person, but I'm glad you were here with us. It's been fun. Would you pray for us today? Of course. Father God, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that we don't have to be tossed to and fro um, by what we are told in culture. Thank you that we can know the truth and that you do give us strength. Thank you that you clearly lay out our roles for us in your word and that we can look to you to sustain us as we live those roles out. I pray that you would bless each woman who's listening. Give her um, an increasing knowledge of your word, greater and greater faith in you. And I pray that you would uh, bless one, each one of the women who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, on our next episode, we are going to talk with a woman focusing on what happens when your plans are not God's plans, and how to live content with God's plans. I think it's gonna be great. We're in the middle of a mini series that we've already begun on learning contentment. Um, we've already discussed chapters one through four and five through eight are coming up this month um, on future episodes, so keep listening. And if you wanna grab the book, Learning Contentment from Amazon or your favorite book seller, then grab it because the book is fabulous and we've Erica Simpson and I have been talking and it has been so, so good. And actually, it fits so well in today because we need to be content with the roles that God has given to us. Absolutely. Which is really important. And remember that when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God, until next time.